Hello, welcome to another, yet another one-on-one Crave the Podcast style uh, episode. This this week we're we're kind of diving into uh, a genre that you may have heard us talk about and dispute and you know go back and forth on a little bit in some of our previous episodes, uh, which is disco. And besides it being, I guess, somewhat of a hot topic in our little circle, it's uh, it's generally one of the more I I think strangely controversial genres of music because. To, to, to me, it's like a no-brainer. It's like dance music. It's super catchy, super fun. But to a lot of people, it has uh, a lot of negative connotations. And we'll probably dive into those a little bit. But we'll also be talking about why we love it, the history of it, um, and how it sort of survives today and has permeated throughout dance music and uh, just music in general. So, yeah. Uh, I'm Jake. I I am a podcaster here, and I am joined by. by... Uh, I'm Kiara Tamari. Uh, I'm a podcaster as well, and a disco fanatic. So I'm very excited to be here and to having this conversation. Yes, yes. I, I I'd say. As of as of recent, I'm somewhat of a disco disco fanatic or fan or whatever. Um, my background with it is is more through house music, I would say, which is something that I'll be getting into a little bit uh, in like the post history of disco section of this. But um, through that, I've come to appreciate disco a lot more as well. Yeah, for sure. I've always like because growing up, my parents would always play like. Michael Jackson, obviously, and like Shaka Khan. Like I didn't know she was growing up, but I remember it was kind of towards the beginning of my freshman year here at Boulder, um, which is this year, I guess. <laughs> and um, a Shaka Khan like interview came up on my YouTube like for you page or whatever, and I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot about her. And then I just kind of fell down the disco rabbit hole, and I have not gone out of it since, and I don't plan to. It's just, it's so great. Like, I don't, it's such an, un, not like underrated, but kind of a forgotten kind of a thing, I'd say. Like, if forgotten John Lomas. Yeah. Yeah. If not underrated, overhated. Yeah. I think there is, you go. is a there. good way to say it. But that's, yeah, I was going to ask sort of about how, how you got into it because it is, it is something that I feel like not a lot of people necessarily are getting into at least classic 70s disco nowadays um so yeah you you grew up on it a little bit you kind of rediscovered it through the internet which makes sense um you said michael jackson shaka khan were there any other like disco artists you grew up on there was like a little bit of earth wind and fire you know like the basic like september but really that was kind of it my mom was a huge Shaka Khan fan, so she was kind of my main girl. Is still my main girl, but (laughs) were they were they like alive, uh, like and at the like proper age to be like in discos in the clubs in the seventies, or was it more of a retrospective thing for them too? It was definitely a retrospective thing. Like I know, because my mom was born in the seventies, so she was too young to really. Yeah, she was not doing poppers and cocaine in the clubs as a 10 year old, probably. 
yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely my grandparents put that on her and then she brought it on to me, so. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about about the history of disco. I don't know, what, what, do you, what can you tell me? What do you know? And then I'll see where that leads us. Yeah, so I have a few notes here actually, but awesome. so, um, I know disco is kind of like a cultural reset for sure. Um, I know uh, there's like a kind of a popular saying that like disco saved dancing, you know, like um, around that era, not a lot of dance music. Like it was kind of more the rock era, I guess was kind of beginning. Um, and so like a lot of the dance music was dying out. Um, and I know disco was like a huge like safe haven for like LGBTQ people and like black people, it was like, the club was kind of their like safe haven where they could really be themselves and just kind of go do whatever they wanted without being judged. Um, and disco had like a huge part in that for sure. Um, and yeah, and disco also kind of in like introduced um, technology and music, I guess. Like mm -hmm. it really started the whole like DJ fanatic kind of a thing. And then like the remix too, like remixes weren't really a thing until disco came about um yeah that's kind of like it was just pretty a big cultural reset for a while is kind of what i'd say yeah i'm trying to think what what was like dance music before disco would that have been like funk and then before that like kind of jazz and big band stuff in the 30s and 40s and then obviously funk's a little bit later but yeah just trying i to think. think yeah mm-hmm and those were also sort of predominantly uh, like black genres that had a lot of, of controversy around them, similar, similar to disco, um, for how they kind of like played with traditional, I guess, Western musical standard norms and, and that kind of thing. And even rock and roll obviously was originally uh, coming from more of those places and was then kind of co-opted uh, and then it sort of became the like the big rival to disco and the thing that ultimately kind of led to its downfall. Do you know about like the disco demolition derby night or whatever? I know, I don't know if this is the same thing, but it's like they, it was like a baseball game or something, yes, right? They're like, yes. disco's dead or some, like they charged the field or something happened and they were like, Disco's dead. <laughs> yeah, it's really actually even more like insidious and messed up than 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 that. It's it was this like officially sanctioned by like the team and everything. And it was this it was in Detroit, which ironically is where like house and techno music, which are kind of offshoots of disco, would eventually kind of spring up in Detroit. But it was 1979 and it was a baseball game where this local uh, rock fanatic uh, DJ, radio DJ, who hated disco uh, for whatever reason, probably because it was like a liberating black LGBTQ genre and this, this dude just, just wasn't having it. And he, yeah, like it was, it was an event. It was like, if you bring a disco uh, record to like burn and destroy uh, in this like pregame show, you'll get your, like a discount on your baseball ticket. 
And then it ended up turning into like a riot where people stormed the field and the game got canceled. And I mean, that that was kind of like the last straw for, for Disco um, because it already had controversy surrounding it and people saying that it was kind of vapid and didn't really, it wasn't like, like, I don't know, this argument gets used a lot throughout history and, and even today with like newer genres like hip hop and, and different kinds of electronic music, like not real music, which is one of the craziest things that I feel like I can't believe it whenever I hear it still to this day. Mm. Um, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean, but yeah, that disco demolition derby night, that was kind of the, uh, the nail on the coffin for the classical, I guess, uh, meaning of disco, even though it still survives very much today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember reading about that and just like, cannot believing that that was a, like actually happened, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's insane. That's, like, that's insane to me. It's very but, insane. It's like, one thing to not like a kind of music, but to like, make it this cute kind of performative thing to be like oh my god it's so bad we're gonna just destroy it like in this i don't know cheeky way but it there's yeah. a lot more like hate and like true like like i feel like i don't know evil behind it too just coming mm -hmm. from where where disco was coming from and the kind of people that made it and found a home with within that sort of music to just be like it's so bad that we need to literally destroy it. It's very messed up. Well, I feel like like different genres of music definitely like compete, I guess you could say against each other, but nothing ever like that. I don't think that's ever really like happened before, you know? Yeah. Like, and I feel like with now like like each genre has kind of found their own place, you know, so nothing like that needs to happen. But I just can't picture that really ever happening now, you know? Like, yeah, I would I would hope not, honestly, too. I would hope something like that <laughs> never happens again because it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> for real. And I, it's also interesting. I, I mean, this is something I've been like thinking about a lot this, I mean, really this whole year, just like, I don't know, I've been thinking about it for whatever reason, how like reactive music is to like the culture that surrounds it basically and and the times and the politics and everything it's like people this is this is whenever people like are critical of new music and new styles of music and whatever i just always think it's it's funny because it's like do you want music to just stay the same would it be good if people were just making the same rock music that they were making in the 70s or like i mean this literally happens with every new kind of music. Would it be better if we were still just making classical compositions exclusively? I, I don't really think so. I think it is like music is so reflective of the people who make it and the culture that they exist within. And like one kind of small example of that is to go back to Michael Jackson, uh, Off the Wall, 1979. That is his first like so not his first solo record, but his first post Jackson 5 record, his first uh, record produced by Quincy Jones. And it's very much like a straight up disco record. It has live drums, it has um, the strings and the horn sections, everything you would expect from like a disco record. 
uh, and it's great. I love Off the Wall. It's probably my favorite Michael Jackson album. Uh, and then obviously the next album, Thriller, is huge, and I love that album a lot too. But uh, and that came out in 1982, so that that is three years after Disco Demolition Derby, which is just like, it's a pretty good, I feel like, marker in time for kind of when disco stopped being as popular as it was. Um, yeah, so it was like three years after, uh, and it has a lot more elements of, I didn't even know this was a thing until I was like doing some research on like Thriller, but there's like post-disco is like its own genre, which I didn't even realize. And that kind of, um, it doesn't really exist. It didn't last as long as some of the subgenres that kind of split off from it, uh, or like at least took inspiration from it, which would be things like New Wave in the 80s took a lot of uh, post-disco inspiration. And then also House, which I keep mentioning, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, post-disco, and, and that's kind of, in a lot of ways, what Thriller was. It has electronic drum machines in addition to live drums, uh, which is is kind of a, a change there. I mean, obviously it's a technological change because like, I don't know, I don't know when drum machines first started to really get popular. I think the 808 and like the 909, I think they came out in the 80s. So I know that's when they were popularized yeah. if nothing else in genres like hip hop and, and house. But uh, yeah, that is in Thriller. And then also the song Beat It uh, with like the Eddie Van Halen solo. And it's like, it's like very reactive. It's like, it's like a rock dance song. It's like he was making straight up disco before. And then once it was just like culturally seen as this like really shallow, or like widely seen as like this really shallow, just like trashy genre. He kind of stepped away from it and, you know, took up took up rock. And then and then after that, he like goes way off the wall with not that was terrible because that's his album. He goes off the rails with with like the new Jack Swing revival. But we're not talking about that because yeah. I don't know <laughs> how I feel about new Jack Swing. But anyway, yeah, I just think that's interesting how how reactive music is and yeah, disco. Disco died and it, it birthed a lot of cool things. Yeah. Uh, I, it didn't disco die. Still lives on in my heart. It lives yeah. on in my heart. <laughs> it lives on in my yeah. heart, it lives on in your heart and it also lives on in all of these, these modern music genres or even not even just modern music genres, a lot of pop music still today takes like huge influence from disco. I mean, like Dua Lipa, Nostalgia, wait, what is her album called? Future Nostalgia, is that what it's called? Do you know? I don't know, but I think so. Like, I, yeah, no, that's what I was, yeah, yeah. The music sounds very like disco inspired. And I think that that is why it's so popular because of the nostalgic value that it has to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that album brings brings back a lot of things that you don't necessarily hear every day with like some of the live bass, uh, the syncopated kind of bass rhythms that you hear so much on disco. And then also the fact that it's live, which is a huge staple of disco. Uh, although, as you mentioned, there is also kind of the birth of electronic dance music in a lot of ways 
is uh, owed to Disco with with stuff like uh, Giorgio Mortar. Do you know Do you know him? Mm -mm, can't say I do. I think you might not know his name, but you probably you know like uh, Donna Summer. I think it's Feel Feel the Love. Is that what it's called? Hold on. I think so. Uh, where is my disco? Here it is. Oh, I feel love. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that is um, a Giorgio Mortar produced track, and that's it's got all the synths, all the drum machines, all that stuff. Um, yeah. Good, good stuff, good stuff. And disco is one of the first genres that kind of brought that into the, into the popular, the mainstream, for sure. Yeah, I think that's kind of later on disco, like in the beginning, mm -hmm. it definitely took a lot of like, it was all just live instruments. And then as disco evolved, it like sort of the technology behind it, I think. So it's really interesting to listen to like, the 10 year gap that disco is really popular because that like, the, the amount that it like evolved even in that little bit of time is crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but back on with like Dua Lipa, I like think, especially with like, so you know how Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are like working together again, mm -hmm. or not again, but they're working together. Um, that brings up so much. Like I love the one song they've already come out with is it's so amazing. great. Like Leave the Door Open. Oh my God. Um, I think, they both really play into that kind of like that style of music. Um, mm -hmm, and I think that's sure. why it's so successful for them as well. Yeah. I mean, at its core, I feel like disco is just like one of the purest forms of, of dance music, which has never really gone away, even though different styles of it that gain popularity have faded. It's 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 just great dance music it's like one of the easiest things to like get people moving i feel like it because it has the live instrumentation you know a lot of people especially older people are instantly just like turned away from music that has electronic elements so you know to have that i feel like it really kind of bridges a lot of gaps and same thing with like the Dua Lipa album. And yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of, a bunch of modern music that, that takes influence from it. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, uh, and this is kind of the most, I guess I, I would say immediate and like important um, successor to disco uh, and I've like already talked about, it, like mentioned it a few times, but I'll go in a little more depth here is, is house music. And I want to talk about some of the like just structural things, the kind of defining traits of disco. Uh, and then we can like talk about how they pop up in house, but then also some of the more modern stuff we're talking about. So when I think of, of like the defining traits of disco, uh, I think of, first of all, the four on the floor kick pattern. So that's with like the, the kick drum, just the boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know, I mean, iconic. It's, it's in, 
it's just easy like it's the easiest thing to like yeah get people moving for sure uh the drums always sound like very shimmery and airy to me uh that gives me like that just like sounds very disco a lot of like maybe rock drums are a little heavier and uh drier and i think of disco drums as having this like really shimmery yeah like just like you're floating on a cloud kind of sound to them there's lots of auxiliary percussion and drum fills uh there's uh almost always uh in addition to the four on the floor there's uh two and four uh, on the second and fourth beat, there's like either a clap or a snap or a snare. Um, the disco clap uh, is just, it's huge sometimes. I'm thinking of, what song is it? It's its Michael Jackson, but it has like one of just, like literally I could listen to the song just for the <laughs> clap oh my god rock with you the clap that comes in on the chorus yeah. I it just sounds like it like knocks the wind out of you it's it's so like <laughs> whooshy and oh it's great um and then the other another huge thing is chicken scratching that's that like that's like the I guess somewhat technical term for that like really freddy strutty guitar sound that you always hear in disco um yeah, yeah. chicken scratching uh, I already mentioned like the, the horn lines, the string sections, uh, lots of horn stabs as well. That's like the more um, percussive uh, horn sounds where it's just like a little staccato short stabby note as, as the name implies. Uh, and then groovy moving bass lines and generally lots of syncopation. That's kind of like what, what makes up a lot of disco tracks. And pretty much all of that is found within house music. Um, uh, I guess the main differences are you're gonna hear uh, a lot more electronic drums using typically either the 808 or the 909 drum machines by Roland, which came out from Japan. I don't know when, I think I, th I think they came out in the 80s. I know that's when they were popular. I just can't think of when they actually came out, but it's well, they fine. really didn't exist until Kanye West, let's be honest. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. 808s and Heartbreaks, that was actually <laughs> the first album that right. ever used an 808. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny, like we, we, the modern day usage of 808 is, is just to mean like any, kind of like bass sound and like hip hop, but, or even like most pop music at this point uses 808s, but very rarely do you hear 808 drum machine sounds today, but right. we still use that word so much just because I guess, I don't know, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I love it. Um, so yeah, electronic drum machines. Uh, and then most of the like either vocal or like string or horn stuff is sampled rather than live. Uh, so, you know, sampled, chopped up. Uh, and I mean, I, I love to like use Daft Punk, one of my favorite bands as an example, uh, especially on Discovery. What was that? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like rest in peace. Oh yeah, rest, rest <laughs> in peace. God damn it. Too soon. I wish Sorry. Sorry. it's okay. It's okay. Um, 
yeah, uh, sampled basically uh, versions of the sounds that were found within classic disco. Uh, and that kind of kind of makes up house. It's uh, it's the most, I would say, direct lineage from disco and uh, especially French house, I feel like is one of the ones that use that samples uh, like classic disco records so heavily, either French house or just like OG Detroit house, probably. There's a lot of other subgenres yeah. that deviate a little more. Like some of them are like almost entirely like synth and like drum focused and like not really sample focused, but still, even with those genres, a lot of the building blocks from disco are there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, wait, can I say something though? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I've been meaning to tell you this for so long. Okay, I used to love EDM music when I was younger. Like, cause anytime you bring it up, my dad is a huge EDM like guy. He loves it. Like even now he's in his like fifties <laughs> and he's still, every time he gets his car, he's like bumping it. Um, and he's always playing. Like when I was younger, it was way more house. And now that he's getting older, it's kind of more like techno kind of lo-fi kind of vibes. But I just think it's so funny that like growing up, I used to love EDM music. Like I went, <laughs> I went to a, a global dance festival in sixth grade with my dad um, at Red Rocks. And it was so funny because it was just like rave kids, rave people, you know, and then just yeah. like a little girl and an old man <laughs> sitting up in the back, just like. That's Ooh. crazy. That is really funny. <laughs> so I don't know. I've always had like, it holds a special place in my heart for sure, EDM. And once when you like brought up this idea to me, I was always, I always thought like, I'm wondering if my growing up on like mostly just EDM, I wonder if that kind of brought out my love for disco at the same time, you know? That's, that's like what I'm feeling right now, because I had never, I, I mean, honestly, it was when you started talking about disco and like mentioning some songs and I had listened to like plenty of, of disco tracks before, but like I'd never really gotten into it. Uh, mm -hmm. But then it was really like a combination of like you just like constantly berating all of the members of Crave the Sound with disco recommendations. <laughs> And then yeah. the disillusion of Daft Punk, where I just kept listening to a bunch of Daft Punk. And it's really their 2013 album, Random Access Memories, that like uh, kind of drove the point home to me. Have you, have you listened to that album? I have not. I need to look more into Daft Punk. I do. <laughs> okay. If I would highly recommend that one, I think you would love it. It, whereas a lot as like, their older stuff and just house music in general is like uh, inspired by disco. I would say that Random Access Memories is like them making disco music inspired by house. Like they really go back to the roots. They work with uh, Niall, Niall is it, I don't know if it's Niles or Niall Rogers. Do you know who that is? Niall Rogers? Yeah, yeah, yeah from Le Chic. Is that Le Chic? Le Chic? Yeah. Yeah, uh, which they have so many freaking bangers. Uh, what do they have? Do they have? I think they do, right? Yay. Um, yeah, so Nile Rogers is heavily featured on it. His playing is all over that record. Um, and 
a bunch of a bunch of like I don't know classic disco artists that they reached out to to collaborate with. So, uh, I mean, okay, I'll definitely you, yeah, you know, get lucky. I'm sure that's that goes without saying. And and you know how like just straight up disco that song is. So, a lot of that record is like that, and it's one of my favorites. So yeah, that. And then I guess, and then like I said, you and my just like prehistory with this kind of music made me like want to like start to learn about it more. And then, and then that also has been kind of fueling my like obsession. Uh, and I would still say that I'm not super educated as much as I want to be on it, but just like as, as to like how music is is transformative and and just like receptive to everything around it it's not like disco was just popular in the 70s because it was popular in the 70s like you know like there's so many other things surrounding it and every other kind of music and like i just think like the story of like how we got to where we are today is really interesting uh and especially with the kind of music that i really am into today i just like want to know where it comes from and there's there's i feel like you will you could never learn everything there is to know about it but it's really interesting regardless yeah for sure and i also think it's kind of interesting this is like kind of like because music shapes a lot of like the times i guess because like disco was huge even with like the fashion trends that was going on in the 70s like nobody everyone was kind of wearing like like the hippie kind of stuff until disco came around and then it was more of the like really flamboyant like really big like really big hair really crazy stuff that's because that's what they're wearing at the clubs and that's what the music reflected mm -hmm. and so music will even branch out into other aspects of like pop culture yeah you know? yeah and for sure yeah like pop culture and then this is something else we've been kind of hinting at and referencing a few times just like how much of a like social and political movement it was too despite the fact that in terms of its lyricism a lot of times it was really simple and like repetitive but within that I mean that was already kind of like subversive and not not what you would expect uh not what people thought maybe was again like real music or whatever uh, or or Donna Summer being like mm -hmm. super promiscuous and like having like a 20 minute like kind of sort of moaning song basically like it, it's just like I mean the like the liberation and like everything that it kind of stood for as well is really cool and uh, another reason why it was uh, chastised so much of course unfortunately absolutely and that's what I kind of feel like EDM kind of picks that up because when you go to like raves and stuff like the liberation you feel sober you know because also a lot of people like to go a little crazy but even if you go sober like the liberation and the freedom you feel just like surrounded by a bunch of people just like headbanging and jumping around like you get that sense I feel like you get that same sense that people in the 70s got from like the disco clubs you know yeah yeah uh like what kind of besides like house or whatever and techno what kind of like EDM, this is just, I'm just curious, like what kind of EDM did you listen to growing up? Um, I don't know, the, I feel like those two were really the big ones. Um, house, there's another one that's kind of like house, but not exactly. I can't, it's been way too long. 
sorry. That's okay. But it has been, uh, what's it called? I don't know. I have a few. I wrote down a few DJs that I remember. Because um, my dad was really big on like the local Denver DJ scene. So I have two big like Denver ones. I don't know if you've heard of them before, but DJ Blend. Have you heard of him? I'm probably not going to know any of this, but I would love to hear it. I do not know him. <laughs> yeah. He wears like this crazy clown mask. Um, he's really cool. But so, and I think he's still making music like he was before COVID. So, um, but he's really funny. He's more house than anything. Um, and then DJ Irene, I don't think she makes music anymore, but she was like the biggest like female DJ on like in the Denver scene. So growing up, she was a big like inspiration to me. Like I loved it. Um, my dad actually went to one of her shows and uh, he got her to sign like, he didn't have anything for her to sign. So he just grabbed like a little doily that they used for decoration and she signed that for me. So that was cool. But it was kind of more of the local Denver stuff that I was really like surrounded with. And then That's of course really you had cool. like Skrillex, like Tiesto and big names like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so mainly just like house and techno, I guess, but nice. <laughs> and just local Denver DJs. I have to ask, you didn't go to Fairview, what are you did you? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Sorry. my It's just, I got the internet connection unstable. I was not saying no, no, no to anything else. I was like, I didn't think you went to Fairview, but when you said you were from Denver, I'm like, oh no, Does, do we have another in our midst? No, yeah. I know like everybody from Crave is from Fairview, but I went to school up in Loveland, Fort Collins. So. Oh, okay. All right. I think you might've even mentioned that before, but it's all right. Cool. Cool. Oh, what did it, you asked what I liked. Um, I mean, yeah. the first thing I got into really was specifically Daft Punk. I wouldn't even say house because like back back in my childhood, the only things I really listened to were either like my dad's old iPod, which had a lot, I would say mostly like kind of classic Rocky stuff uh, it, it had a few things that were kind of influential to me as a kid, like a few hip hop acts, pretty much all just like white rappers. Uh, so, yeah. but like at least decent stuff, like old Eminem, which was decent and Beastie Boys, uh, and then some Daft Punk. So Daft Punk was huge. Uh, and then like yeah. in like middle school and elementary school, I mostly just listened to like video game soundtracks and classical music because I like thought pop music was shitty and I thought I was like cool for not liking it or something which is just like I feel like a common a common mindset that like especially kids trying to be cool or whatever would have or or like old people who are actually just or whatever age people who are actually just lame it's one thing if you're a kid and you think that's cool but if, if you really just like feel that to your core you're lame uh but um after that i would say do you know what future funk is no I don't. it's um it's this it's kind of like house kind of beats uh and then it samples rather than disco it samples uh japanese like city pop from the 80s uh which is really fire and very heavily just like inspired by the popular like disco music that kind of preceded it. It's like a fusion of like disco, electronic, funk, pop, 
Uh, and it's, it's a more modern genre, uh, future funk, um, sampling those like uh, 80s stuff. But even within that, there's a lot of just like the same kind of core things that make up like disco. So there too, there's a lot of a lot of that. And uh, yeah, I didn't like electronic besides that and like Daft Punk, I, I was what that electronic music was one of the last genres I opened up to because I was like a band kid too. So like a lot of a lot of kids just like kind of looked down on like hip hop and, and like EDM. Like that was just kind of, that was just kind of how it was. Uh, it's it's really stupid, but um, yeah. And I, to an extent, felt that way at a certain time. Yeah, definitely. I think I think an interesting conversation that we should all have is kind of how like our parents' music influenced our music taste today. Definitely. Because I feel like that's such a wide, like a common, yeah. Yeah, we need to do that. Because like, sure. again, like my dad, like, yeah. Cause like my dad only raising me on like, cause I don't really listen to EDM that much anymore. Like I have a playlist from like sixth grade that sometimes I'll like jam out to if I'm feeling nostalgic. But um, even now, like some of the music I listen to is definitely influenced by that. And like my mom grew me up on like, just like classic hip hop. And now I'm like really into rap. And so, you know, I feel like that's such a thing that everyone really experiences. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to pitch that at the next meeting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. Um, another thing that I just feel like kind of ties into this conversation a little bit uh, with like how music changes and whatnot is, I don't know about you, but like one of my biggest fears like in the entire world is to like be at a point where I like hate most of the like I don't know, music coming out or popular music or whatever. Like, I feel like once I get to, if I ever get to that point, I don't want to be alive anymore because I hate so much. I hate people that are just like closed-minded about like kinds of music that aren't what they grew up on. And I know there's like that very scientific like fact that you're probably going to always be like throughout most of your life predisposed to like what you like in like high school and college, which is fine. I'm, I'm sure there will be a time when Tyler the Creator is not popping at all and like bringing him up is just like bringing up, I don't know, Led Zeppelin or ACDC, not to like shade them, but like, you know, generally not every like person loves, loves them. They're not as widely popular, I guess. Although I don't know, they're still pretty popular. I don't, maybe not the best example, but yeah. Uh, but if I'm ever like, oh, music was better in my day when Tyler the Creator and Daft Punk or whatever, I don't know, just like a few examples were making music. Like if I ever get to that point, I, yeah, put me yeah. down, put me in the nursing home. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I was having a, yeah, <laughs> put me out, pull the plug. But <laughs> I was just having a conversation with one of my friends about how like, um, like even like pop music in the early 10, like 2010s was so great. And like pop music now is like, okay. And I was like thinking about that. I was like, am I already like, old? <laughs> like, am I already like stuck in that mindset? And I was like, I just need to be more open-minded, you know, and more just like, I need to listen to it more. But I got kind of scared because I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to think like that. 
yeah it's that that could be another good conversation too for like a whole podcast honestly it's just like yeah it's crazy yeah <laughs> i'm trying to think if there was anything else i mean we talked about you know the history we talked oh let, let's let's just do this uh because i want to make a playlist for this episode as well what are some of your favorite disco songs uh, and that can be like straight up disco or like songs that kind of come a little bit after okay i have a whole disco playlist actually actually so let me let's go through this sick, sick. um okay night fever night fever by the bgs banger absolute banger love that song um okay she's a bad mama jamma by carl carlton <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like the original disco like very beginning so swag so swag True. Um, Banger. <laughs> Ain't Nobody by Shaka Khan. Beautiful song. Um, Got to Be Real by Cheryl Lynn. I saw you put that in the playlist and I was like, yes. <laughs> was like, yeah. Yes. Um, and of course, you got the classics like It's Raining Men. Love that song. Um, and then like Blame It on the Boogie, Jackson 5. A little bit before, but still great. Yeah. Um, uh rock with you michael jackson and then even oh kind of bringing up the whole like when michael jackson did a little bit of like rock and like disco i feel like you know play that funky music by mm -hmm. wild cherry yeah yeah i feel like that kind of thing that, for sure to it, i guess for sure because i sure. was like i was putting two like, disco playlists and that song came up and I was like, this song's not disco. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh wait, it actually kind of is. <laughs> um, the Hustle by oh, Van McCoy. Yeah. That's a great one. There's also a dance behind it. You have to learn the dance. It goes kind of hard. Oh, is that, I was, I was just like watching some like video. Oh, I was watching a lot of videos to try and like kind of like learn is that like the couple dance or is that like a one on a one person dance because i i was like watching kind of like the cha -cha sorry what it's like the cha-cha slide oh okay <laughs> it's kind of like the cha-cha slide yeah is this like a newer thing this the dance <laughs> you know vibe it's just like you walk forward oh no they were doing it back in the club like in the 70s in this documentary yeah. that i was watching they were talking about how I, th I think it was, maybe it wasn't the hustle, but I thought it was how it like kind of bridged a bit of a gap because a lot of people saw disco as like kind of scummy and like trashy, uh, but then conservatives liked the hustle because there was a dance associated with it. And I thought it was like, the reason that apparently like conservative people were kind of into it was because it was like a couple's dance and, I guess that for whatever reason, they were like, oh, this is like a little, people aren't just like doing their own thing. People are dancing like how we used to, but maybe there were, you know, I'm sure there were, maybe that was part of the couple's dance. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I got it wrong, but it's just kind of like, yeah. I, no, like, now oh. that you say that, I, I know the dance you're talking about. So yeah, <laughs> and it definitely is associated with that song. So maybe there's a few, I don't know. 
or maybe it's part of the same dance. Maybe there's a few variations. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and then definitely Super Freak, Rick James. Rick James is another great artist. Love oh, yeah. Rick James. I love Rick James. So much. <laughs> I think I might have had that on the playlist. Um, Do you have any, like, uh, kind of more, mo it doesn't even have to be modern, but like post-disco, heavily disco-inspired songs that you'd want to throw in there as well? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I'll think about it, but I don't think so. <laughs> I can, I mean, I have a lot, so I can, oh, I can pretty much just exclusively add those and I won't add, I don't think we're really missing any. I think we have a good mix of, of classic disco. I might throw in a few of the ones we specifically referenced. I'll throw in Good Times and I Feel Love, but uh, yeah. yeah. Other than that, I'll, I'll add some of the Daft Punk and newer stuff cool. as well. Yeah, to me. Cool, cool. Um, <clears throat> any closing closing thoughts? I don't know what they would be. Um, all I got to say is keep disco alive. You know, listen to disco once a week. Have a dance party with your friends when everyone's vaccinated. Very fun. Um, yeah, just keep disco alive. That's my that's my takeaway. Agreed. I <laughs> I second that strongly. Keep disco alive. Keep listening to house. Keep incorporating yeah. disco elements into pop music because it's just objectively the best, most dancey formula for music. I don't know what else to tell you. If you think otherwise, you probably aren't a very good dancer. And I say <laughs> that as someone who can't dance, so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, we will have a playlist you can check out with some of our favorite disco classics as well as uh, house and just more contemporary music inspired by disco that you can check out if you have any interest in that and you should. So do that. Well, thank you. Just a playlist of bangers. Check it out. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to Crave, the podcast. Next week, for real this time, we will be doing a game show on Wednesday. This has been much talked about and delayed, but Wednesday, April 14th, probably between 6.30 and 7.30, I would say probably 7 or 7.15 is when we'll actually do it, but somewhere in that time range, if you want to check out a fun different kind of thing we'll be doing that live on our youtube channel so check it out Woo! Woo! thank you bye <laughs> bye guys